piece of me? Do I feel lucky? Well, do you, Bunk? Good morning, Vietnam! I love the smell of night pump in the morning. You're gonna need a bigger boat. I feel the need. The need for speed. I wish I knew how to quit you. Love means never having to say you're sorry. You do! You'll shoot your eye out, kid. What's up, film fans? Happy Wednesday. Welcome to episode 264. Welcome to Star Trek Beyond, and welcome to the Cinnamon Movie Podcast. I am your host, Juan. I am joined by the cast, the crew. Zach? Hey, what's going on, guys? Ella? Hi! It's another Wednesday, another episode, and we are talking the third and final Star Trek film on our voyage to a new world that uh, we started back in August. Um, Ella, this is your first Star Trek film with us, but uh, I I feel like this is going to be a fun conversation. Um, I can't wait to dig into it. Uh, A few months ago, episodes um, 257 and 254, respectively, we talked Star Trek and Star Trek Into Darkness. Um, so today we finish, but other than that, before we get started, Zach, how was your week? Did you have a good week? Yeah, overall good week. Um, can't believe we're already into fall. October's next week. Halloween start, start Halloween decorate. So, you know, just getting into the spirit of things. <clears throat> Decorations. What about you, Ella? How's the, how's the week been? Uh, it's been good. I think I've been in the spirit of things. So it's just like coming around to my season. I got a pumpkin today. Look at this awesome pumpkin. It looks like a mushroom. Oh, wow. Isn't that cool? It's like two faced. Oh, so yeah, I went to the pumpkin patch today. <laughs> you know, pumpkin patches are great, but you know what's not so great is this 90 degree weather that we're still in. How oh, can, no. how I can it feel right? How can it feel like spooky season when we're outside hunting for pumpkins and we're sweating our, our tushies off? Well, exactly. I'm mad because they told us we were going to have like a good fall it was getting cold the cold front was coming in and that would lasted like three days well and they said it was supposed to rain like all throughout the fair and it didn't even do that so right i tell you i don't I know it's an urban myth when that comes true all the time um but if you guys did not get to check us out last week last week's episode was fun um zach what did we get to talk about last week it was your pick uh, last week we got to talk about School of Rock, the 20th anniversary. Fun. I thought it was a really fun conversation. I think all of us had fun talking about it, reminiscing, loving Jack Black, you know, all the good stuff. It was. We we uh, we whipped out the top five last week. We we had a top five last week, so go back, check out last week's episode. Um, we all gave it, our thoughts and opinions on, on Jack Black's top five movies. And it really inspired me to just go out, go and check out Jack Black shorts. Like, I mean, he's always done them and they're always great. But the COVID ones is, I needed that again in my life. Yeah, they're they're pretty hysterical. Yes. Um, And if you have not seen School of Rock, go check it out before you listen to our episode. You can check it out on Paramount Plus. Or, uh, Zach, they just picked, they just uh, released a 20th anniversary still book. So go check it out. You know, we always talk physical media. It's a physical media kind of family at this podcast. Um, and if you have not listened or you do not know what we are doing this month, um, go check us out on the social media. We are giving away $50 worth of San Marcos gift certificates. Uh, that's a lot of food. 
even even if you're a couple, you know that that can that can buy a a, a date night, um, or you know if you're by yourself, go enchilada it up, and get you a bunch of margaritas, and just have a night on yourself. Um, you we're also we're also giving away uh, some cases of OKC soda, um, so go check it out. The giveaway is exclusively on Instagram X and Facebook Live. Um, facebooklive.com slash the cinnamon movie podcast. The Instagram is all one word, the cinnamon movie podcast. And then X, formerly known as Twitter, is at cinnamon405. We're going to dig into the email bag, um, which is something we haven't done recently, but we're going to dig in some emails. Um, you can email us at cinemen921 at gmail.com. Um, so. Yeah, fifty dollars is a lot of food, guys. San Marcos, if you guys have not checked them out, especially at San Marcos, yeah, they are go check very them out. reasonable and like one of the best Mexican places you can find in Oklahoma. One They're of the so best, good. yeah, exactly. Like like we always say, it's great food and even better customer service. Twenty three hundred one Southwest Fifty Ninth Street, and right off of Agnew here in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. Um, go check them out and tell them that the Cinnamon Movie Podcast sent you. Um, but Let's let's dig into some recent watches. Zach, do you have anything that you want to recommend for anybody? Yeah, um, I did go see uh, The Nun 2 uh, last week or the week before. forgot to mention that last week's episode. How many of these damn Conjuring movies are we going to make? I have no idea. But, you know, they make, they make money. It's it, it, it's really not terrible. It's way better than the first the first Nun movie. But when you watch it, you'll, you'll kind of see what I'm talking about. But Art. Are we still coming out to exercise people afterwards? Yep. Every, every single, I feel like that's just the, the gimmick of those movies, but it is what it is. It's made money. It's made over $200 million worldwide. So clearly it's doing something right. Um, Johnny, I, we've been doing a Yellowstone binge. Uh, I got my mom watching it. We're almost done with season four. So good. I, I'm so pissed at Kevin Costner right now. He's so good on that show. You know, you know, I, I've, been on the fence you know i i binged one through four and i was like oh this is so good i got season five last year i still haven't seen season five what? Um, yeah i know but, should but I, I, get, I get why though should i watch season five or should i rewatch all of them again um i mean do you remember a lot what happens one through, make, one through four i kind of made my i kind of made my decision already if it makes you feel any better i watched season one and I was like, oh, so good. But then I'm like, uh, do I, should I just go to season five because I really want to see it? Or should I just suck it up and continue to go through it? I would suck up and continue because, dude, I haven't, like I said, it's been a while since I've seen Yellowstone. And I forgot how much cool sh stuff happens in that show. Like, I forgot a lot of the characters, a lot of the plot points. And so I was like, wow, this is awesome. It's It's been a really cool rewatch. Ella, are you a Yellowstone fan? <laughs> So I yet? heard it's great, but no, I have not watched it. I am just too much a creature of habit, but I have started finally get going on Ahsoka. I'm way behind. We're on like episode three <laughs> um, and then just rewatching. Uh, oh, actually, I found out on the Roku channel that you can... Um, like there's a live TV thing and they have a lot of movie channels and just replays oh, a wow. lot of movies. And so mm -hmm. I um, stumbled upon one the other day. Well, a couple of channels and one of the channels I was most excited about was uh, Alfred Hitchcock Presents. And it's just over and oh. over and over again. It uh -oh. was, I got stuck in that for a little while. But then I came upon a movie called Mad to be Normal. 
Um, it's from 2017 and it starred David Tennant. So like, you know, the who's who of Dr. Who. Um, and I think, I think he was one of them. Right. <laughs> and, you're right. Uh, yep. Woo. I know a thing. Um, <laughs> but God, it was so good. It was just about a doctor in the sixties that did, um, a very experimental and extreme medical study on just people with mental illnesses and with schizophrenia. And he mm. basically just took everyone out of the institutions and had them live with them. And they didn't take any medication. It seemed like it went really terribly, but I won't spoil that for you. <laughs> it was a real story um, based on true life. And it's a very interesting subject for sure. Mm. Nice. I, I see that. Yeah. Those are those are some of the best watches of like movies that you've never heard of, but you stumble upon and you're like, oh my gosh, what a what a great watch. I realize yeah. that's the only way I will really watch something new is I don't like the options that streaming gives me. I mean, it's too vast. If you could just be like, all right, you got these 60 channels, it's still too many, but um pick from there. That's all you get. Well, and the problem is most of the stuff on streaming now is just so terrible. Like you know, just like Netflix's new movies, they're just they're just bad. And oh, some bad. I don't know I don't know how you are, Ella, but for me, like I, I do get into a phase where like I want to watch a whole bunch of stuff, but then I get like overwhelmed. Like I don't want to watch anything. <laughs> Let me just watch exactly. Friends for the fiftieth time. Well, so. that, what you guys were talking about with Yellowstone, going back and watching it from season one, that's kind of why I'm so behind on so many like TV episodes, like Futurama. Yeah. We haven't <clears throat> caught up with, which I I can't even. I don't know why, because it's amazing. Um, what we do in the shadows. I mm -hmm. just want to start from the beginning. The boys. Oh, my gosh. I've watched season one and two of the boys. Went a couple of months ago to see if we have anything to catch up on. And there's a three and a spinoff four. Well, and to me, it's just I've almost got to the point where I like limited series. Like it's like eight, eight episodes. You're good. Like the bear season two. I haven't seen season two yet, but oh, heard amazing so things. good. I'm like it's eight seat eight episodes. You can get that done in a day, but it's oh, just oh, I know. didn't know that. Yeah, I actually started that, and I was just too <clears throat> in focus. Was like, okay, I'm gonna turn it off oh, for another time. So good. But yeah, anybody, I've season. I've heard season two is amazing. Has anybody seen No One Will Save You yet on, on Hulu, the Alien movie? Mm -mm, not yet. I'm hearing terrific things about it. I think I'm gonna have to just buckle down and, and watch it this week. Um, does it, before I, be, before I get started, does anybody else have anything they want to recommend? They're out there. Is anybody going to go see Saw this weekend? What are they on? Saw. What number? Saw 10. 10. 10. Yep. I might go see the creator. I've heard really good things about that. So. Zach, nah. just watch, just watch Terminator. It's the same thing. Just, just watch Terminator. It's the exact same thing. I saw the trailer and I was like, this is Terminator. This has been done before. Or watch Rogue One, which apparently is like the hype behind it. So <clears throat> uh, um if anybody else has anything, I'm gonna I'm I'll run through mine real quick. Zach, you let me watch uh borrow Hitchcock and Trafant. Mm -hmm. That was a really good documentary. Yeah. Um I watched Little Shop of Horrors for the very first time. Yep. Very first time. Oh. Yep, I know. It's <laughs> I've never, never seen it, never ever. And uh, I'm glad uh, I get to say that to you. <laughs> yep. Uh, I liked it though. It wasn't. It wasn't like. It wasn't like terrible. Um, I, I still. Have, I still haven't seen it. So you're good. You're good. I what? Haven't, I haven't. It is not yeah. terrible it's, it's, at all. It is a movie that holds up, and I don't care what you say. 
Yeah. Is that the one? Is that the one with the talking plant? Right. Mm-hmm. It's not. Yeah. Yeah. Rick Moranis. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. It was. It was yeah. funny. Uh, I found it at Walmart for ten bucks. Oh, the dentist. Yeah, yeah the dentist. The dentist. Was he, hilarious. Uh, yeah, he is uh, Steve Martin. Steve, Martin. Steve Martin. Yeah, yeah. other one, Bill Murray comes in and they interact with. Yeah, that was that was hilarious. It's um, a perfect movie. A great cast and the song. Yeah, it, it's just great. Especially if you love musicals, Zach. You like musicals, right? Yeah. Um. Definitely watch it. I watched Barbershop for some reason, just because I I, I bought it a few weeks ago. <laughs> For some um, reason. <laughs> Not assault? because it's a hilarious movie. <laughs> assault on Precinct 13 from the 70s was fun. Um, but my two mentions that I'm going to hurry up and, and mention so we can get into the Star Trek is uh, Air. Mm. Fantastic movie. movie. Yeah, very, yeah. very fantastic. And Past Lives. Um, I have gone. I have gone nine months without giving a 2023 movie a 10, this is my first 10. Um, It it, it made me want to just sit and watch it as soon as I got done. It made me feel like I was watching something like um, the Before Trilogy. But but just, yeah, but, but just an updated real love story. Like it was, it was real. It hit you in the gut, you know? Um, so I highly recommend those two movies. Air, I believe, is on Paramount Plus, Amazon um, Prime, Amazon Prime, or you can go yep. check it out physical media. Uh, I got it at Best Buy. Um, and then Past Lives was only Past Lives is only fifteen bucks. But if you guys want to watch Past Lives here on the podcast, it's on the Voodoo account. You guys can go log on and, and check it out. Um, yeah, I've heard really really good things about that movie. Really good. I've been meaning to watch to to buy Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter because I just <laughs> I want to watch it again. I watched it like ten times when it first came out, and at least five in theaters. I'm like, man, I need to watch it. I used to have it, but I it was one of those movies that didn't make the final cut one time. So, That's, um, I have a- yeah, I need to go check it out again. But oh, those I- oh, you got the book, nice. I love it. It's so good. It was, yeah. I need a. I'll find it and uh, I'll let you know. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's our our recent watches and recommendations. If you guys want to recommend anything to the show, email us, send us some social media, and uh, we'll get through it. Um, like I said, the giveaway is happening right now. If you guys want to go volunteer and uh, participate in the giveaway. Go check out the social media, facebook.com forward slash the cinema movie podcast. Um, no extra details yet, but we are doing a food drive this November for some needy families that might need some help with uh, some holiday dinners this year. So um, keep an eye on all the social medias for that. Um, it'll be a free food drive. You just come see the cinema movie podcast and we will get the hookup. We'll help out with some holiday meals. Um, but guys, we are talking Star Trek in, not into darkness, Star Trek Beyond. We last talked about Star Trek Into Darkness a few weeks ago on episode 257. Um, IMDb currently has it at a 7.8, Rotten Tomatoes at 87%, the Metascore is 68%, um, the Google users like it at 81%. With a $185 million budget, uh, at the box office, it grossed a little over $343 million. Um, the crew of the SS Enterprise explores the furthest reaches 
of uncharted space where they encounter a new ruthless enemy who puts them and everything the Federation stands for to the test. Starring Chris Pine, Zachary Quinto, Carl Urban, Zoe Saldana, Simon Pegg, John Cho, Anton Yelchin, Idris Elba, and directed by Justin Lin. Um, which, if uh, you do not know Justin Lin, he's directed and produced some of the Fast and Furious movies. Um, so, Star Trek Beyond. The Fast and Furious movie. The first one? No, my first one. I've oh. never watched any of them. My husband like goes on marathons every once in a while, but I watched Tokyo <laughs> Drift. I was like, I don't hate this. It's dated, but... Dated, for sure. <laughs> Um, but they're not terrible movies. Um, so so let's let's dig into it. Zach, we'll start with you. Do you remember the first time that you saw Beyond? Uh, did you get to check it out in the theaters? Or, you know, where did you check it out at? And what was it like, honestly, revisiting it for the episode? Yeah, um, I did see this in the theaters. Um, I remember... I remember being excited about it. Because, like I said, you know, if you go back and listen to Into Beyond... Into Beyond... Not Into Beyond, Into Darkness... <laughs> Um, I was really, really high on that movie. I thought it was a really cool Star Trek movie. It was so different from other films that came before. On the first watch, I remember not being as excited about it coming out of it. I remember kind of being, it lulled, it was kind of lagging. Um, and this is my, I think this is my first, this is my second true rewatch of the film since in theaters or my first rewatch since the theaters. And dude, it, for me, I was just I wasn't invested in it. I it it was a drag for me, to be honest. So it was a drag. Yeah. We'll get into it. Um <clears throat> I'll, just say, I'll, I'll just say I'm gonna be the jerk in this episode. I'll just say that. So yeah. did, did you get to see this in the theater, Ella? And uh, what was it like revisiting it for the episode? I did. I did get to see it in theaters and I remember a lot of the Star Trek movies just being very excited about them. And I do remember this one was like kind of leaving it as at first I was like, yeah, that's so cool. It was such a good ending. And then I was like, eh. I think it was just mm -hmm. more emotions that really made me think that it was so good because uh, on this one, I watched it, rewatched it the first time and, um, it was it was still a good like plot story and like interesting characters, but I then I went to the IMDb and remembered why it was such an emotional one because it was after Leonard Nimoy has passed and then Anton Yelchin um, had passed like a month before and I just mm -hmm. I am a big crier anywhere I go and I was just pretty much sobbing whenever there are RIP credits and like Leonard Nimoy popped up and. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was like, "Wow, shouldn't have looked on IMDb because I was having a good time today." <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah. Me and Craig uh, got to check this out in the theater um, opening weekend. It was a fun opening theater watch. The theater was packed. Um, the emotions ran high. Uh, You're invested in the story. Rewatching it a few, you know, times in the past few years. I always felt like it was the third best movie. You know, I always thought, uh, this one is definitely not as good as Be uh, Into Darkness or the 09 movie, which this recent watch, I'll get into it, but I now, I still feel that way, 
I think one and two are better, but I have a lot more of appreciation for this one rewatching it this last time around, uh, and we'll get into it. Um, so let's let's dig into it. If you guys have not seen Star Trek Beyond it's from 2016, you can either pause it, uh, pause the episode, go watch it, come back to us, or you know sometimes uh, this conversation will make you want to go watch it and you'll go check it out. Um, it's on Paramount Plus, so uh, let's dig into it. Zach, you said you kind of didn't enjoy, it kind of dragged for you. What kind of was, was it? Just not a. What's some of your thoughts? And then me and Ella, start, we're, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna elbow destroy you. Destroy it. Yeah, it apart. I don't know. I know. <laughs> you want me to start with the positives or the negatives first? Um, let's get some of the negatives out of the way. I want to hear see if maybe we we kind of agree. The ne- the biggest negative for me, I just felt bored all the way through it. I mean, I I feel like it just didn't have the the biggest thing, and I know this is saying a lot, but like I feel like it was missing J.J. Abrams' effect on it. Obviously, he stepped away from this franchise to go do Force Awakens, which, you know, we talked about that multiple millions of times, so we know how that turned out. But I do feel like what Abrams brought to Star Trek was something totally different, totally something unique. And I felt like Justin Lin's view on this or his thought process was, what if we made Fast and Furious with Star Trek? And this movie is very, the the aesthetic is very, very different. I don't compared I don't to the last feel, two. I don't feel that though. It is different, but I don't feel like he wanted to just put a Fast and Furious take on things. Like, and and yes, J.J. Abrams left and went and did Star Wars, and you know, but he really did have his hands all in this project. Still, like, you know, his thoughts and his beliefs were passed over to Simon Pegg. Simon Pegg helped write this movie. Right. Um, you remember Ghost, Zach? You you reviewed Ghost at the beginning of the year. How Patrick Swayze just had his hands deep yeah. in in the in the clay, right? Yeah. That J.J. Abrams, I feel, still had his hands deep into this in this project. Um, so I think I I, I don't know. I, I think that's maybe who, who knows who knows who knows I, why you I understand like what that. you're saying. I yeah. completely understand because mm-hmm. whenever it comes to like J.J. Abrams, you're gonna have like so much continuity that you are taken completely out of reality and you're, you're stuck in the movie yeah. with Justin yeah. Lynn. It, it, there was just so many strange like scenes where it would like cut to mm-hmm. a different view and it would just look completely different. And then it, yeah, it was just kind of left you being like, what's, what's going on after this action scene? Like, I feel like everything like, after the like everything with like Kirk talking about how he's like th- three years into the exploratory mission and he is bored, he's just uh, he's just in this mundane right. everyday travel. Yeah. I enjoyed that. I enjoyed that aspect of it. I enjoyed the um, the attack on the Enterprise and eventually how it just gets like split into three different pieces and crashes on the planet. <laughs> it just everything after that, I thought was just kind of just okay. Now we're just we're split up and now we have got to find a way to get back together. That's yeah, so, yeah, I totally get that too. Because it, so, it, it kept being like, "Oh, is this the end of the movie? Oh wait, no, is this the end of the movie?" Well, it kind of—I I feel like it only did that though, because it, 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 it to me, this is the first movie out of the three that gives more screen time to all the other characters. You know, yeah. the first, the first two were about Spock and Kirk. That's it. That's this one, th- this one. 
it gives you all the characters because again you know you got to remember we don't know what was happening after three when, when kirk says this is year three out of five i truly do believe that there were supposed to be f- maybe five or six movies yeah. yeah you know so we don't know if this was supposed to be the end or the beginning of a saga or the end of a trilogy um the ending really did feel like an ending of a trilogy though but yeah, again yeah. you know they they were introducing so many characters we don't know really where this story was going um so and i had i had read that um in 2016 when it was released not long after uh i believe it was, would have been justin lynn saying that we're, we're we're going to make more like four is coming and yeah. but that he also wouldn't recast um anton so check off yeah I mean, I imagine well, and that's where it yeah well i'm glad you brought that up johnny is just like yeah Chekhov is in this a lot and i don't anton yelchin did finish all his filming before he passed away obviously it was like a month after before the movie came out but yeah i noticed that on this watch it was like yeah Chekhov is a lot in this a lot bones is in this a lot that mm-hmm. it 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 very much wanted to put the line the spotlight on Hulu and um, not Hulu, uh, Sulu and Ohor and all these other different characters, which I appreciated. Cause I, you know, like you said, they, they're kind of the backseat to Kirk and Spock in the first two films, but you know, I feel like this movie there, there was, they each one had their moment, you know, they had their moment to shine and um, which I appreciate. We appreciate it because you know you want to see other characters take the lead in different scenes so yeah that's an aspect i really did enjoy was how how much they focused on other people like sulu really giving him the chance to be captain and like work in that role i was so excited for future movies like thinking that he would maybe mm-hmm. be the captain of something and um, and, you know, even look at some of the, the special features on the disc, which I believe are still on Paramount Plus. Simon Pegg was heavily favored to write the next one or even help direct. And, uh, you know, his his presence in this movie is really, really felt. Uh, Zach or Ella, one of you guys said it kind of felt like it could have been back and forth between a Fast and Furious movie. At some mm-hmm. points, I felt like this was like, okay, Simon Pegg wrote this. It feels like Hot Fuzz. Or yeah. it feels, you know, or it feels like... Um, Shaun of the Dead. Shaun of the yeah. Dead. Like, there are so many different aspects of the way the story was coming to you. And before we continue, I have to applaud and take my hat off to Idris Elba. Because Crawl in this movie, nonstop. I, I, you know, going into this movie, I was dreading it just a hair bit. Because I was like how can you follow up Khan and ben- Benedict Cumberbatch? I don't, I don't think there's any yeah. way that was such a good ending to into darkness, but I was like, you know what? Crawl is a good, a good villain. Um, and that story, I'm going to get into the meat and potatoes a little bit later about the crawl story itself. But um, Idris Elba as a, as an actor, as a villain in this movie, I think he stole the show. What do you think? What do you guys think? For sure. He, I mean, he kind of just steals the show in whatever he's in. And this is one of those uh, just the same, but you can hardly tell it's him just because of the makeup and everything. Usually even like in Thor, you can exactly tell who that is, but with his face being so covered and um, all the special effects added, like he still just shines through it. And there's a lot of actors who are like, I'm not going to put all that stuff on my face. You know, I'm an actor. I want this to show. 
But he was he was covered up through almost the entire movie, and I, I think he pulled it off. Uh, he pulled it off tremendously. Um, he was one of my favorite parts of this movie. Um, did you when the the sound the alarm scene that hit, and Kirk was going through you know the motions of getting people off the ship, and it felt like the first one when his dad was going through the same thing. Even yeah. though this movie is over five years old and we've seen it numerous times, to me, I was still like, man, this could have been a perfect spot where they kind of write, you know, kill off Kirk. Are, are they going to do it? Would they actually do it? You know, yeah. um, but it, it kind of felt like that, at least when I watched it for the first time uh, in theaters. And that was the thing for me. I felt like this was the opportunity to kill off one of the characters. I, I didn't. I didn't think they would do it with Anton Yelchin just because of his situation, but clearly that wasn't going to happen because he, he did everything. He did all his filming, whatever. But I mean, you could have killed off Spock, but that goes back to Leonard Nimoy died the year prior or earlier that year or the year prior. So they were going to kill off two Spocks, um, but you could have killed off Bones. You could have killed off Sula. You could have killed off Uhura. You know, it was, Don't kill off you know, I, I thought, and this is just a thought that just literally popped in my head just a minute ago just a minute as I was talking about it, that whole sequence where the Enterprise is literally getting shot out of, out of space crashing, which I think the best emotional scene of the movie is Kirk watching the, the ship crash on the planet. I thought that was beautifully executed. I, I just think someone should have died. Someone big should have died in that moment. Oh, I mean, man. They, they, they played it with Kirk. I mean, not Kirk. They played it with Spock when he got... Um, Impaled by one of like a machine. It's gonna uh, Photoshop Carrie Fisher run get oh, <laughs> going out yeah. to space. Oh god, you just had to remind me of that. <laughs> yep, that's what you mm -hmm. get for hoping people die. Um, but I I get exactly <laughs> what you're saying on that scene. Like he's so mad. That is so, that is so terrible. I forgot that was even a thing. <laughs> Man, Craig would be just like oh, pissed off right now. <laughs> So, but yeah, just watching Kirk's face, it, it's just, it makes you really feel the emotion of the scene and what he's going yeah. through. And, and even all the other actors really just portray the, the terror you would be in having to evacuate a ship like that, um, jumping off board. Yeah, and I mean that's a, and that's a really cool intro for Crawl. He his, his ship comes down, he just like pops out of the ship, and it's just like, yeah, it's mine now. And he starts like wrecking shop, wrecking people left and right to get to Kirk. And I will say, Idris Elba does save this movie. I thought he was a very compelling villain. I just thought that his like, and that's ironic because it got nominated for best makeup and hairstyling. I just thought his like makeup was just too prosthetically prosthetic if that makes sense like you could clearly tell like that was like prosthetics and the way he breathed in and out was kind of like okay you know maybe we could have just cg 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 died this up a little bit but that's just that's just my own little nitpick of that so i was completely opposite i was like i love that they use the more makeup in this like that yeah. is kind of my thing cgi ruined my life um because it's just so interesting to see the work that the artists put into that not that the cgi isn't a different kind of art but just yeah. seeing that tangible like makeup and, that's it's so pretty like hours and, and, into that oh well and that's the thing it's just like johnny you've said you've heard me say on the show before it's just like being pros using prosthetics and practical effects 
we need to get back to that because we've relied so much on CGI in today's movies. But, you know, this is just one instance for me. It's just like, eh, I don't know, you know, we could have used a little bit. I will never get old of the behind the scenes, like people in green screens and stupid suits covered yeah. in balls. What do you guys think of uh, Jayla, another character who was brought into this movie? Um, mm -hmm. Supposedly you know, played by Jennifer Lawrence originally. Really? Really? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the, they wrote this. They wrote the character as Jay Law, and that's how people know Jennifer Lawrence. And they wanted her to play that role, so it was. I think that would have been an interesting choice. She turned that was it down. Too on the nose to ask. I think she was filming um, Mockingjay Part Two during that time, so she couldn't do it. Um, oh, but we got Sophia Botella, who was the mummy <laughs> in the Tom Cruise version. So, you know, I thought she I thought she did good. I think that was the first time I saw her. So I thought she she did pretty good. Yeah, I like yeah. I like the character again. Yeah. An another character who was just completely covered in prosthetics, makeup. So yeah. she was uh, one of the my favorite makeup effects in that in this one. She was just so subtle and still like humanistic form but she looked yeah. like an alien <coughs> so kind of jumping oh go ahead no oh, i i was gonna start digging into the meat unless you want to so if you want to go ahead and uh, ask what you're gonna ask no i was just gonna go, i was gonna talk about crawl so i don't know if that was gonna no, be oh. part of your thing no no, no go ahead I, i'm going to kirk but then i'm coming back to crawl so we'll start with with, with what you were gonna bring up one of the things i do like about crawl is that you know in very stark typical Star Trek fashion, which I appreciate. Um, it's always a human behind whatever's going on. So this is, a, he's essentially a general that's like a thousand, a hundred or 200 years old. And that he uses other people's life force to stay alive, which I thought was a really cool um, concept to have as a villain. All he has to do is touch them. It's like, <laughs> they literally turn into like the mummy or something. And mm -hmm. that's how he stays. That's how he stays alive this last thousand years or whatever. So, with that, with that bring up, I'm glad you brought that up. My bring up was going to be, you know, how I felt I, at the beginning of the episode. I told you guys how I felt like this could have been the weaker of the three, but looking at it, you get Kirk going to um, the the Bubble City. What was it called? The, the Federation, Yorktown, Yorktown, um, and he goes and he wants to not step down really, but he applied for I guess a higher position to where he's not a captain anymore. Um, what did you guys think of them teasing that he was going to step down or step away throughout starting from the beginning of the movie, which makes sense. You know, he sees that everybody has lives. He sees that, you know, uh, he's lost some people. He's lost his dad. So he wants to step away and not be in the line of battle anymore. what do you guys think of them teasing that at the beginning of the movie? Well, I they do the same thing with. Oh, go ahead. No, it's good. Good. Go ahead. Um, I liked it just as the subtle conversation at the beginning, because I mean, it really just is a story of someone in a crossroads of their life and evaluating if this is something that they want to keep doing. Um, and they showed that just really well. And then basically diving headfirst into what he said he didn't want to do anymore. Well, they do, they do a similar thing with Spock as, you know, Leonard Nimoy's ambassador Spock dies and he says, you know, do I want to take that position on? And, you know, am I, do I want to stay with O'Hara and all this and that it's, it's that it's very much the same crossroads, but just in a different effect, if you will. 
so they, they tease highly throughout the movie that this is the final chapter for, for both captains or captain Kirk and commander Spock. Um, but the reason I wanted to dig into cross so much was because, you know, captain Kirk throughout this whole thing was just so ready to just get off the ship and get off of being a captain. But he goes through and he finds crawl and he looks to see, you know, what he wanted to get away from. He saw that crawl was abusing, you know, the Federation, the starships, the, the being a captain. He was like him dealing with crawl made him want to become and stay in that captain seat again. Almost. He had a almost fight his demons before he can really choose what he wanted to do. So it, it was just really touching to me that this whole story at the end of the day was Kirk battling his inner demons about wanting to stay on the ship or stay off the ship. And he had literally had to go through hell and crawl to see that he has always been where he needed to be. Yeah. And I, and I thought it was, I thought it was just so moving that you had, yeah, crawl is, is a demon and he's, he's a bad guy, but it almost took all his suffering for a thousand years for James to see that, man, I, I don't want to become negative and I don't want to regret anything I do with the Federation. So therefore he, you know. Well, in Crawl's other thing is that I, I listened to another, just listening to some things about the movie and Crawl's other thing is really, he's a man out of time and the idea that when he was in the Federation a hundred years ago, they only allowed certain people to be in there, which is, you know, you kind of get onto the, the race and diversity of the, of the film, which fast forward to now, if you look at um, Kirk's crew, you have whites, blacks, gays, all these different types of aliens. And really, if you kind of think about it, even though this is a very old franchise, Star Trek has always been, on the cups of telling a device story, whether it be through aliens or different ethnicities or whatever. And the first interracial kiss on TV. Yep. Yeah. I mean, if you look at that scene where, you know, Spock is looking at the, the original, the original cast is like, that's, that's pretty, that's pretty far advanced for it to be the sixties when that originally came out. So. Hello. It sounds like yeah. you're a Star Trek fan. I mean, I'm more of a Star Wars person. Um, but I really do just appreciate what Star Trek has been in our culture. Um, I mean, like you said, it came out in the sixties and just even from that point on, it was just, it taught a lot of lessons that the public weren't believing at that point. I mean, the uproar that the, the kiss on TV caused, like, Mm -hmm. it makes no sense. Like you can think of it today and you're like, how do people even get mad at that? It's just a beautiful love story or just a beautiful kiss. And yeah, it kind of makes, it makes me laugh whenever I, I think of Star Trek because my main brain goes to the Futurama, um, mm -hmm. like just the heads being like on another planet because yeah, they got sent off there. And it's, it's just funny to think that that's something that probably could have happened um, just because of, how many people were against the cast and what they were doing at the time. Well, it really made me sad. It was, you know, when you look at that original picture, it's just like, there may be a handful of those, what William Shatner and maybe two or three other of those actors are still alive now. 
like most mm-hmm. of most of that cast is now passed on and so that's just like wow that's that's literally a whole generation of star trek that's almost gone and that, that's but, sad wow thanks for bringing being depressing <laughs> yeah uh Somebody just said about the cast, you know, being so diverse and how some people didn't want them to be casted in the original crew. That made me spark the question. People are so harsh because they did the same thing to this 2009 cast. You know, yeah. oh, John Chu doesn't need to be in it. He's a stoner comedian who who should only do White Castle movies. Um, you know, Zachary Quinto, how dare you cast him to be Spock? He uh, perfect. Exactly, you know. Yeah. Uh, same thing about it's Chris Pine. Perfect character. Chris, Chris Pine was was thrown under the bus too for how can you cast him to be Kirk? Um, I mean, Chris Pine is unfortunately thrown under the bus for everything. Exactly, I know. People hate I know. him. Like um, he's great. I mean, he might and, not be the winner, Chris, but he's a good Chris. And I said it for I said it a few weeks ago, um, but I was like, you know what? Uh, and I'm going to get a lot of flack again for this. Probably again, but do you guys remember who the first James Kirk was? I mean, it's it's the Priceline guy. It, I mean, he's he's yeah. he's not he's not that good of an actor. He's, yeah, William he's, Shatner. I mean, you look Shatner. at him. I mean, you look at him. You're just like that. That's that's an iconic figure that we hold de- near and dear. Like, what? I mean, he's, he's because probably, of his slam poetry, guys. He's probably best <laughs> known for. Being the original face of Michael Myers. Um, yeah, that's true. I but, didn't know yeah. that actually. Yeah, yeah they, there was a Kirk mask, and then they reversed it to have like the white interior. So uh, it was a okay. it's a Kirk mask originally. But if if I if I had to go back and look and compare and contrast, um, Zach, you still didn't do the homework, but I watched Star Trek one, two, and three before rewatching all these newer ones. And I'm not throwing you under the bus, Zach. I'm just I'm just playing with you. But no, you, you kind of are. <laughs> these these three movies are way better than the movies from the 70s and 80s. Yeah. Like they they just did not age well being from the 70s and 80s. So, um, and I really hate that Zachary Quinto got so much flack for being Spock. I thought That's he ridiculous. was I thought he was tremendous as Spock. He was one of the, the he's the actor that I kind of enjoyed the most throughout all three movies. Yeah. And it kind of it kind of hurts me to see that he hasn't done really much since. But I think it's because of I don't know if he just doesn't want to get back out there or if it's just, you know, because of some of the stuff that was said or done online. But I, th- I you know, blame him on that. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I don't super remember the uproar on that. I just remember being so excited well, about Zachary Quinto. I don't understand who you could have thought should be well, casted in it otherwise. Well, for me, it was I was watching Heroes at the time when that when the first Star Trek came out. I was like, oh really? You're gonna get the villain from Heroes to play Spock? Like, and I thought he was I thought he was excellent on Heroes. He played a very menacing character, and I was just like, yeah. I mean, I could see this guy playing Spock, and he plays <laughs> the intellectual let but emotionalist dry humor of Spock and that it, it really he pulls it off really well. That's that's what I knew him from American Horror Story yeah. and yeah. the asylum specifically. And yet he was so good at just the dry delivery and being exactly who he needed to be in the character. Yeah. And he didn't let us down for Spock. Like, he was perfect. Like, and I the thought they logical had- Vulcan that you needed to be. 
Well, and I thought he has, he has tremendous chemistry with Chris Pine. It's just that that back and forth between these all all three of these films is what really not only drives the franchise but also just drives the the situations that they get themselves in. You know, it's just like Pine, uh, not Chris Pine. Uh, Kirk is like, we got to go. Spock is on the sidelines, going, "Hey, we need to think about this logically." It's just like, you That's know, one and, of the, oh, yeah. Yeah, no, you, no, you're great. I enjoyed about this one was that this that Spock and Bones were tag teamed together because oh, yeah. Carl Urban, I love Carl Urban so yep. very much, and I'm really mad at myself. I didn't know who he was until the boys, so he was always going to be Billy Butcher to me. But then going back to things, rewatching them, I'm like, well, how did I not notice this man before? He's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, his his chemistry with um, Zachary Quinto was really just it was funny. It was the dry humor, derogatory remarks versus the logical, uh, just dry delivery. And it was it was a good combo. I think yeah. it's in Star Trek's I think it's in Star Trek's contract that they have to have Beastie Boys in every movie, it's like the sabotage scene in this one, which I thought was real fun. I'll, I'll, I'll admit it, but it is fun like, scene. yeah, fun scene. Yeah. That's one of the scenes I have the biggest problem with. <laughs> I love it so much. <laughs> um, you also get the f flirtation of Spock and Ahura ending their relationship or, you know, bumps going along there. Like I said, the, the, the ending of this movie, James, James is also, Kirk is celebrating a birthday. And, you know, he doesn't like to celebrate birthdays. But at the end of the movie, it's real touching because they have, you know, after Crawl goes away and, and you know, um, the Enterprise puts puts another mission down, and you you get to see the entire Starfleet and at least his crew celebrate the birthday, which was yeah. I think it was ironic because of the events that would happen after the filming. Um, so it felt like a very solidified ending to a a, a sci-fi trilogy, but we all know that wasn't the case. There was supposed to be a four. There was supposed to be a five. Maybe a six. Yeah. Quentin Tarantino was supposed to take over the fourth project, um, which never happened. So that being said, the ending was bittersweet. Where would you guys, uh, and we'll we'll do one at a time. Where would you guys like to have seen this crew go from from three? Well, the whole idea. I think the whole idea with the fourth movie and. I just read something that the fourth movie is still going to happen. They're just, I don't know what the holdup is, but the whole thing is that they're going to bring Chris Hemsworth back as Pike's, uh, not Pike's, uh, Kirk's dad. I was like, mm -hmm. that would be awesome. It's going to be like a time travel. It was going to be like a time travel thing or whatever. <laughs> I was like, time travel has always been a, a, a integral part in Star Trek French and the Star Trek, Star Trek franchise. I was like, yeah, that could be a really cool situation. And then, Kirk gets to deal with like this PTSD or trauma or unfulfilled, you know, dad issues. And that, I think that would have been a really, really cool um, situation, a film that they could do. What about you, Ella? Yeah, I, I read the same things that you said and I was really like, man, I, I wish that would have happened. And it, to me, it was so, so long ago, 2016 is, Oh yeah. God, we're only three years from ten years, but um, it was like a generation ago. 
Yeah. And so in my brain, I'm like, oh, it's just never going to happen. But there's no reason it couldn't. And I would love to see what that brings. And I mean, one of, like I said earlier, one of the things I was just really looking forward to is seeing the other characters arc after this. Same. Uh, I don't care how they do it or what the story is. I'm, I'm going to go see it, but I want the original, this original 2009 crew to come back. Um, and I, I think you don't have to spend too much time on why Shekhov isn't there, where did, what happened. You can give him a quick little send off. So the tears are short and sweet and then just get right back into the story. I don't think this works without Zachary Quinto. I don't think this works without Zoe Saldana. And this definitely doesn't work without Chris Pine. Whether it's J.J. Abrams, uh, Justin Lin, John like Wu, John Quentin Carpenter. Tarantino. I don't care who directs John it. Car John Carpenter. Carpenter. <laughs> Quentin Tarantino. Yeah, that, that. I don't care who directs it. I'm all for it. Give the, give the helm to Simon Pegg and let Simon Pegg direct it. Um. And you know who's well, to say? You said something about time travel. Who's to say? My biggest fear is that this, if they do a fourth installment, it would become a requel, and they use the time travel to completely bring in a new generation or the a next generation of. See what I did there, Star, <laughs> a Starfleet crew. That's my biggest worry: is that they do some kind of reset timeline, reboot with Chris Helmsworth and just not even bring back the whole crew. See, and that's, that's what I feel like kills franchises is just restarting the whole story over and over again. So soon, like, yeah. no, give it time to breathe. Give it, give it time to just go through the generations. Like I got to show Alton this, this one. And of course he wasn't super interested, but he was loving like, like the sabotage. He was like, Whoa, oh, yeah. that's so cool. Mm -hmm. Well, and I was going to bring this up. I think part of the re I think Star Trek has always been a television show. I mean, obviously, that's where it got its originality and everything. You know, we live in a time where I think on Paramount Plus, there's Picard. I think Picard just wrapped up earlier this year. Picard, New Discovery, Original World. You know, there's like three different, four different Star Trek shows. But from what I hear, they're doing, they're all successful. Yeah, they're all very, they're all very successful. I think that's what keeps Paramount Plus running, to be honest. I'm always um, going to pick up the card. <laughs> but, you know, are we too far from, you know, how, Ella, how long, how long did you say this came out? It's almost 10 years. It's almost been, it's almost 10 yeah, years. Yeah, it's 2016. Right? So, yeah. So are we too far removed from doing a fourth movie? Are we, I think we're at this point now where I agree with you, John. I want this, this 2009 crew to come back, but I think, you know, we we bypass it for so long that we haven't had another film that people just don't care anymore. It's just like, okay, it's just time to reboot it. We'll get a whole new Kirk and Spock. Scream four happened like a long, long, long time after Scream three. So let's cross fingers that something like that happens. It can be done. It's true. I mean, they will. They will. We definitely have to watch each one of them again. They will boldly go. Um. Where they've let's, been before. <laughs> let's talk Which, about the ending. I like that. I really like that ending where um, the Enterprise is being rebuilt in like a in a time lap time loop time lapse, mm -hmm. and each one of the characters gets to say the the lines from the space, the final frontier. I thought that was like a good bow on the film. Yeah. 
Before we end, though, I got to go back to the sabotage scene. I mean, the way are we doing spoilers? Because the way that they killed off all the the hive or whatever, it it just didn't make sense at all. It mm. the, the song I was I remember being in the theater when it was like wow, I was like yeah, and then it was just like oh. Is, and then you start thinking about the logistics. It's like, no, exactly. this doesn't make any sense. Like, why, why would they be just exploding and not, like, crashing into each other and exploding? Like, that was my biggest thing is the the this, the cinematography of that, where they just be going by and things are exploding. I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. <laughs> but, looked, yeah, that's my it almost, it almost looked like a It almost looked like a wave. And each time, every, every time they got went over one, just, like, they just exploded at it, like, out of nowhere. Exactly. And that's why I was like, eh, no, hate it. <laughs> uh, let's get into Zach. Do you have a favorite scene? We'll start with you. Um, favorite scene, probably. Um, it's probably just a whole combined the Enterprise being attacked and then Kirk watching the ship uh, crash on the planet. I thought, you know, that that whole sequence, basically the whole 15, 20 minute sequence made the movie for me. So. I am a big like one-liner type person and so my favorites were whenever Spock and Bones and uh, Kirk were all back on the ship after being separated and they're trying to um, fix Spock and he's over here just saying uh, oh what was the line the the medicine of a dying man is only hope it's like Mm -hmm. He's like, he's quoting Shakespeare over here when he's at death's door. Um, so I just, I really just love the the chemistry between everyone and the the, the way that was acted out. Um, and then the other scene when Spock's like, oh, I, I know how to find them. And he gives uh, Chekhov a formula and everyone's like, okay, well, what is this? Why would Vulcan stuff be on here? And everyone just stops whenever like, so you gave your girlfriend a tracking device? Yeah. And he just like the 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 pause there and everyone's face is just perfect and Zachary Quinto comes in with the that was not my intention. <laughs> uh, my favorite scene would probably be um just the crew members getting their own individual like moment of the film and then the end all the end all be all the discovery of who Crawl really really is. Um, those would probably be my two, my two mains. Um, but before we get into star rating, uh, Zach, why don't you let some people know what we're going to be doing, uh, this October? Yeah. So, you know, next week is October start of horror season. We got a lot of fun content. we got a lot of fun episodes coming up. Um, let me pull up a calendar here real quick so I'm not getting lying to everyone. <laughs> I'm so, so excited uh, for October. Next week, October the 4th, we're talking about the 60th anniversary of The Burge. LA, you watched a little bit of Hitchcock this week, so I'm excited to get your Hitchcock thoughts. Yeah. Um, the next week, October the 11th, we're talking the 20th anniversary of uh, The Texas Chainsaw Massacre from 2003. Um, that was a rewatch this week, so... That'll be a fun, that'll be an interesting conversation. I watched that one in theaters too, but it was like the 10th oh, wow. anniversary or something that it came out in theaters. Oh, yeah. They probably did like a re-release or something. Yeah. 
Um, October 18th, we actually go to back to the Conjuring universe. We talked about the Conjuring, I think, two Halloween's two two years ago. We're going to talk about the Conjuring two um, on October the 18th, and then finally we wrap up Halloween season October the 25th with Candyman from two, 2021, the remake. So um, we got a lot, of good, a lot of good episodes, a lot of horror to talk about, which is October. It's relevant. So uh, yeah, be on the lookout for that. All right, we'll keep it short and sweet, Zach. Star rating. So, like I said, I'm going to be the jerk in this on this episode. Um, just how I felt when the credits hit, I got to give it a six, man. I I thought it was fine. It was it wasn't terrible. It wasn't great. I just like I said, I just felt bored throughout it, and I do not want that in a Star Trek movie. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go with six. I didn't find it that upsetting. I'm gonna oh go ahead go ahead. I was just going to say, I pick a six as well. Um, it was definitely very exciting leaving the theaters and, and experiencing the first time, but revisiting, I was like, eh, this is not a movie I'm coming back to watch probably ever. So six for me. Uh, I'm going to give it one notch higher. I'm going to give this a seven. Um, it's not the best of the three, but to me, it's definitely watchable. And it plays a pivotal role in both the storytelling of Captain Kirk and Spock. Like I said, I don't know the rewatchability because it's been like years since I've seen it. But at the end of the day, to me, this movie and this franchise is about stories and character-driven stories. Um, and I, I feel like it just delivers a, a really good story um, talking about Kirk and, and Spock and uh, just the whole 360 around Crawl. So... Uh, I'm going to give this one a 7. If you guys want to give us a star rating for Star Trek Beyond, send us an email. And uh, that's what we are going to get ready to get into. You guys can email us, C-I-N-E-M-E-N-921 at gmail.com. You guys can send some emails, and uh, we will go through... Um, I'm going to try to get through the email bag every single week again. Um, it's just, I don't like to <coughs> answer somebody's email online or on a live podcast if I haven't had time to open it and reach out to them before. So, uh, Brandon emailed his top five Jack Black movies. Number five, Orange County. Number four, Tropic Thunder. Number three, Shallow Howl. Number two, Saving Silverman, and number one, School of Rock. Uh, Josh says, your Batman Mask of the Phantasm episode was so much fun. Thank you for the interview and the review. Uh, that movie always gets a 10 from me. So Josh enjoyed the interview. Uh, thank you, Josh. Yay, Josh. Uh, Edgar says, Public Enemies doesn't get as much love as I think it should. It's always a fun to watch, and Johnny Depp is amazing to this day. Public Enemies gets an 8 from Edgar. Absolutely. Yeah, Edgar. He knows what he's talking about. Um, Barry says, I can't wait to hear you guys' thoughts on Star Trek Beyond. Some say it's the weaker of the three. I think all three are amazing. I give it a 9. Star Trek rules from Barry. <laughs> Barry hates us now. Sorry, Barry. <laughs> um... Jeffrey says, can't wait for Horror Month. What are the movies that you guys are going to talk about? 
the yeah, birds. The schedule. We'll start with the birds next Chainsaw week. Massacre. Yeah, I think. Yeah, Zach just covered that. So, uh, in case you haven't been listening, uh, Jeffrey or anybody else, uh, the birds, 2003's Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Conjuring Two, and the 2021 version of Candyman. Um, Sarah says. Not the Knock at the Cabin is probably my favorite M. Night Shyamalan movie of all time, besides The Sixth Sense. Um, that is a movie that I hardly hear anybody talk about to this day. I love The Sixth Sense, and I would love to hear you guys' thoughts on that movie. I would do a mm. full M. Night Shyamalan marathon for real. I freaking love that man. The Sixth Sense, I think that would be a conversation fun in itself, just because of how shocking that movie was when it first came out. Yeah, every single one of them, all of them were like, "Whoa!" But yeah, Sixth Sense was just something else. That's a that's that's a that's a pretty good maybe recommendation. Who knows? I watched all those in theaters, and I was way too young for that. Uh, Coco Chris says my top five Jack Black movies are five: The Holiday, four: Saving Silverman, three: High Fidelity, two: Tropic Thunder, and number one: Nacho Libre. Um, Mark says my all time. Oh, uh, Nacho. Yeah, it's like all of you guys is number one. <laughs> Mark says my all time favorite film is Bloodsport. I really enjoyed your conversation with Zach about Jean Claude Van Damme movies. I would love if you guys gave a whole month to eighties action. Hmm. Interesting. I, that's a good idea, actually. I would love that. Uh, Gabriel says, may upset some Trekkies, but Into Darkness is the best Star, Star Trek film ever made. Ten stars. Enjoyed the Star Trek episodes. Um, Are Terry you excited over, Johnny? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm excited to get into something maybe we haven't before. So one trilogy ends, maybe another one will begin. Um, Terry says, I love listening to your recent recommendations. It gets me through the week and it gives me something fun to watch. Um, Sam G 69 says no hard feelings was ass. One of the worst movies of the year for me, four stars. Hmm. Um, and we'll finish it up with another Jack black top five. Pito says his top five Jack black movies. Number five, Bernie number four, uh, Margaret at the wedding. Number three, Tenacious D. Number two, Shallow How. And number one, Nacho Libre. That's a very diverse <laughs> list. Yeah, very diverse. I like that one. Um, so there you guys have it. Those that was the email bag. We I will get into some more emails and read some more on the next episode. Um, but guys, next episode is start spooky season. Uh, the birds next Wednesday, October the fourth. We start horror month with Alfred Hitchcock's The Birds. Um, Zach, I believe you can check this out on Peacock, right? That is correct. Yes, you can. Uh, it is also on the Voodoo. But, uh, so next week, The Birds. Any final thoughts before we uh, put the final nail in the coffin for Star Trek and head to horror season? We are not going to be reviewing Hocus Pocus, but I got this sweater from Hot Topic the other day, and it's like the most perfect Hocus Pocus cardigan exactly that I was so excited to finally see in person and spend too much money on, but it's we reviewed we nice. reviewed Hocus Pocus what like two or three years ago? 
two or three years ago. Yep, we we got to talk about it a few years ago. Um, man, it was a fun, fun, fun month of September. Star Trek has been amazing. Um, but you know what, guys? It's on to spooky season. Um, and it's hard to believe this is going on the uh, year number five. So uh, the podcast is starting at sixth horror season. This is number sixth for us. Um, Zach, you're an Alfred Hitchcock fan. This was your movie, your pick. Uh, yeah. We'll talk. We'll, we'll get into it next week. Why you chose the birds? So, yeah. if you guys have any questions, comments, complaints, emails, hates, anything, send us some emails. Send us some social media hates. Uh, don't forget, go on that Facebook. Get into the giveaway and uh guys we'll talk to everybody next week as spooky season starts with the birds next week new episode right here cinnamon movie podcast bye, bye.